Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Another edition of After Hours with Tifo and Luby, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on the Believe Networks. And we've been referencing this, uh, and it's all school stuff. And I, I don't know if uh, you're like under 60 years old, probably have no idea what I'm talking about here. But uh, used to watch baseball, you know, you'd fake a stomach ache so you could stay home from school uh, and catch uh, one of the few baseball games that were being broadcast. Uh, for me, it was in New York, WPIX. And the New York Yankees would be playing, uh, imagine this, they used to play like a lot of afternoon games. And they'd be on in the afternoon and you were thinking, uh, yeah, I'd like to stay home from school because I hated school and uh, watch the Yankee game. And then after all of that, faking the uh, illness and your mom says, well, you know what, if you stay home from school, I'm going to call the doctor because they used to make house calls, Louis. Oh, God. And then what was weird was, uh, you know, and you had like, uh, you know, a guy that uh, did just like uh, general family medicine. Like it was like Doc from Gunsmoke would come over with a little black medical bag and then he would do an examination. And and there's a nine year old DeForest, uh, you know, laying in bed, pretending to not be feeling particularly well and uh, just waiting until one o'clock when the Yankees would take the field and I could catch uh, the ball game on TV. And uh, sure enough, the doctor would examine you and actually diagnose you as having something. Oh, Even God. though you were faking. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> and prescribed medicine. And so you're thinking, hey, wait, there's nothing wrong with me. What are you talking about? I just wanted to watch a ball game. But uh, then after all of that, uh, and, uh, you know, you, you'd find, uh, you know, find yourself uh, watching uh, the game. and It gets postponed because of rain. And while they're in the delay, they would play Rain Out Theater. It was a show called Rain Out Theater. And it was always an old uh, black and white movie usually pretty boring. And after uh, watching so many editions of Rain Out Theater, you pretty much knew everything. Like you could recite and mouth the words uh, to the movie. But they, they had this movie called The uh, Carol Chessman Story. Mm. <clears throat> and Chessman was a guy who, uh, I think he went to the gas chamber 12 times. Oh, jeez. He kept pulling him out because he would get like a last minute uh, call from the governor. And there was the guy that looked like the typical uh, prison guard there uh, in uniform. And he was waiting by the phone which is on the wall, and, and the warden was about to tell him to drop the pellets. And often they had already dropped the pellets while this chessman was strapped in there in the gas chamber. And it looked like something, the gas chamber that they uh, used in this movie, uh, which was supposedly a replica of whatever they used in California or did at the time, looked like some kind of bizarre space capsule that you would see on, like, the old Superman episodes. And then at the last minute, the phone would ring, and uh, it would be the governor and the guard who was on usually named Whitey, would, would uh, scream, hey, warden, pull him out of there. It's the governor. <laughs> 12 times. And the guy, warden would look back while this guy is, like, dying there, breathing in all of this, uh, you know, toxic gas. Uh, and uh, he would say, you sure, Whitey? You said get him out of there? And uh, that was the reprieve. It was a so-called call from the governor, which happened for this guy about 12 times. And, and that's what happened for us. Last night here at South Florida sports fans uh, with the Florida Panthers in, in their quest for the Stanley Cup. 
And this has become especially more meaningful because uh, we have a wager on this of a rather pricey dinner at an upscale restaurant in South Florida with a friend of ours who, uh, wow, I mean, do we really want to hear it from this guy, Louie? What is more important at this point? The money has been rendered meaningless as compared to just not having to uh, listen to all of the shit that we're going to get from this uh, guy, in this case, a former sports writer named Mike Mayo, if he turns out to be right about the series. And, and, And the problem is the logic there for you degenerates out there I think was extremely flawed because I don't care about the history of the franchise. The team that we saw this year looked like it had separated itself from uh, whatever past playoff problems the Panthers have had. And, uh, you know, of course, the the book is that they haven't gotten out of the first round of the postseason since the 96-97 team went to the Stanley Cup Finals in a very improbable fashion as a third-year expansion franchise. And it's been nada ever since, Mike Luby-Lubitz. But Yep. Do you really think that applies? I mean, uh, at all times, uh, the, the history and uh, the onerous and perhaps cursed history of the franchise in, in these positions when you watch the team just play brilliantly all year long and uh, appeared to have uh, none of the flaws that are being exhibited uh, in the five games so far that they've uh, performed in uh, against the Capitals, even though they're leading 3-2. Well, that's the thing is they, they've, I would say, of the – the 15 periods, they've won like five or four. <laughs> like, that's the funny thing is in this series, the Capitals have outplayed them in the majority of the series. And somehow they're up 3-2. I, I, I don't know how to describe last night. I had mailed it in um, because, again, not only hockey, you don't see a lot of goals. But this team we saw it all year. They, did, they showed it last night, like a three-plus goal deficit. They came back three to five times. I don't know. They set an NHL record. So, th- normally, this season, we wouldn't have cared. But the playoffs, as we've seen, are different. Unless you're the avalanche, scoring's down. Defense is up. It's tighter. And we've seen that in this series, especially from the Panthers' perspective. So, to me, once I got th- down 3 nothing, Bobrovsky hasn't been amazing. To me, the series is over. Not the game. The series is over. But the fact that this team sort of turned back the clock to, like, the last month of the regular season when they stormed to the gate to take that number one seat overall in hockey was impressive and confusing at the same time. <laughs> like, we haven't seen them do this. Even the games they've won this series, they didn't look like that. Like, the way they no. looked, those two last periods, was spectacular. The fact that they were not only aggressive, but they were actually scoring two. They haven't done that since that one period in game one. And the fact that Bobrovsky, who has been maybe not a sieve, but he hasn't been a great playoff goalie this series, the fact that that last period, he was getting barraged. They were going after him, and he looked like, for, they literally compared him to Hashik because there was one time where a puck came at him. He blocked it with his head. Then it was on the ice. He sprawled out, used his leg, his glove, and the stick at the same time in some miraculous fashion. They're like, wow, he looked like Hashik. And I... And even I couldn't hate on him. So I was like, okay, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, how did the whole series change in one game? So I, I'm, I'm really confused by what I saw last night, and I'm also uplifted by it at the same time. Well, he got the big money after that tremendous run that he had with the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets a couple of years ago when they uh, went all the way to the conference finals and swept the number one seed, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it was largely Sergei Bobrovsky that was responsible for that. But he has not been the same since he got the uh, seven years, $70 million from the uh, since departed Dale Talon as a free agent search for what he thought 
uh, was going to be the goaltender that was going to solidify uh, this uh, core of players who've been together now for a substantial period of time for the most part. Uh, their so-called young stars aren't young stars. They're veterans at this stage. Uh, talking about uh, Ekblad and Barkoff and Hooverdo. Been in the league for like seven, eight years, right? Luby, so, um, you know, it's about time, and they thought this was going to be the one component. Uh, Bobrovsky has not proven out to be that, and at nah, different nah. times uh, there's been you know, a very a generous consideration uh, given a significant consideration to just not even playing the guy, yep. in spite of the fact he's making all this money and uh, is only in, uh, what, the uh, second year uh, of this rather uh, lofty contract that he signed. Okay. So. Yeah, he hasn't been the same. And when he was uh, looking like a human sieve in there, first uh, couple of periods, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, he thought, wow, that's it. Because uh, the series has been uh, more contentious than I thought it was going to be, in spite of the fact that you know that in the NHL and in the postseason, look, all of the series except one were tied at two apiece. Yep, going in last night, yep. There were eight series going on. Seven of them uh, were tied at two apiece yes. at one point. <laughs> yes. I, I guess uh, the only other one was the Rangers-Penguins uh, series was uh, 3-1 in favor of the Penguins. And even that one now has uh, taken a a giant momentum swing with Sidney Crosby possibly injured. Don't know the extent of it. And uh, the Rangers coming back uh, from being down in that uh, game last night, winning uh, 5-3 also, same score as the Panthers. And uh, now they're at 3-2 with the possibility that Crosby has been extremely influential uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. In spite of the fact he's been in the league, uh, what, he broke in with like Bobby Orr. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Listen to us, though, rattling off hockey know, uh, as I if know. we were uh, Don Cherry ourselves. I mean, I how know. crazy is that, though? Yeah. The uh, NHL playoffs, uh, wildly entertaining uh, so far. So, uh, you know, that's been a lot of fun. And uh, we're, we're now a little bit more optimistic because at least you have two shots to fire. Yes, you do. And, and you don't have to uh, win them both if you're going to win uh, the series. So, you feel somewhat comfortable. I, I don't think the stat is the same as in the NBA and the NHL, where uh, the team that wins the so-called pivotal game five of a 2-2 tied series goes on to win over 80% of the time. You think that's uh, the same uh, formula in the NHL or uh, maybe a little bit less than that? I heard I heard something recently that, I mean, it's a pretty strong stat, like because you're now, again, like you just said, you have two shots to close out a series. So I, I think the percentages are definitely in your favor. I don't know if they're that high. I mean, hockey's it's a crapshoot for the most part. Like, it just is. Yeah, anything can happen. I mean, we've seen it. That game could have easily ended up in total disaster for the Florida Panthers last night. And the Rangers also could have been already out of the playoffs because they gave up a quick goal in that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The other series, which we would know little about, Calgary and Dallas. And uh, Calgary wins 3-1 last night to take a 3-2 lead. So uh, you have the uh, Cats uh, leading uh, Washington 3-2. Rangers trailing the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2. And uh, Calgary up 3-2 on the uh, Dallas uh, Stars. So uh, very interesting. A very compelling and entertaining first round of the uh, NHL playoffs so far. Uh, Your Miami Heat will be in action tonight against Philadelphia. You know, the uh, oddity uh, for me was uh, picking up the paper and seeing Philadelphia favored by two and a hook in this game, especially after what we witnessed last night. Now, uh, very similarly, uh, you had the Phoenix Suns blow out the Dallas Mavericks. And even though they lost the two games uh, that were played in Dallas in the series, they lead 3-2, and and they are favored marginally tonight. The Phoenix Suns are favored by one and a half over the Mavericks. Uh, However, the Heat. Going to Philadelphia, even though, and they did lose the two games there. Underdogs, when it looks like the Heat kind of found their comfort zone uh, again uh, 
in this uh, game five, or, or was it just a case as we were speculating that, uh, and, and, and this is wild speculation on our part, that Adam Silver <laughs> is somebody in the hierarchy of the NBA owes FanDuel or DraftKings like a lot of money from betting NBA games all season long. And so they, they had to have the fix in on, on this one. And they didn't want to, uh, you know, directly make payoff attempts to the players. Look, they're making $50 million. How much can you offer a guy to tank a game? Exactly. You can't. So they used the strategy of inviting LeBron James to town under the auspices <laughs> of the Formula One uh, scene. And LeBron was literally seen taking bottles of a tequila brand that he has a piece in, uh, a, a stake in, uh, off of the shelves of the bar as it was closing at like 5 in the morning at one of these exotic <laughs> Formula One parties. Now, what was he doing with that unless he was uh, being engaged by somebody in the NBA, inside the NBA, to make sure that uh, Embiid and company were completely trashed before they set foot on the court against the Miami Heat the other night? And, and did they look bad? I mean, they were in La La Land, all of these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the Sixers didn't look good. The Sixers looked off. I just accredited it to the Heat as much as to the Sixers. I mean, the, the Heat looked a lot more aggressive. The Heat... Did shoot the three ball at a better percentage, but they also went to the basket stronger. And then the Heat had a much greater intensity on defense. And and I get it. it you, if you're a Philly fan, you just see your team not playing well. I we've seen both teams do this. Like the the Sixers get up at home, the Heat get up on the road. What's confusing to me is the Heat are a team that two are two years removed from an NBA Finals appearance. And I get a lot of the players on this roster weren't on that team. Fine, but Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero were. And outside of Butler, two of those three guys on the offensive end haven't been there. Bam's been really good defensively. Hero hasn't. Um, and we've seen all three of those guys star at home. So, to me, it makes a lot more sense to see the Heat wake up on the road over the Sixers. And, again, what a lot of people pointed to, which I didn't even think about, was after the game, the Sixers weren't saying the stuff you usually say after a loss. Look, we're going to shake it off. We're going to come back. We're going to play tough. Doc Rivers, look, it was a tough one. We're going to come back. And my team's going to be ready. You know, that was pathetic. That was, uh, that's not who we are. That We're not that team. I mean, that was the worst loss in Doc Rivers' coaching history. Like, so you would think he'd come out with fight, Vin and Vigor fighting. He was like, eh. All of them were, eh. That's the only thing that's weird is the Heat in these losses. Jimmy Butler, after that loss in game four, was pissed. And they came out and played like it in game five. To see the Sixers come out and Joel Embiid talking more about the MVP that has nothing to do with this playoff series, and their coach talking like, eh, mealy mouth. Sounds like a team weird. ready to go on Yeah, it sounds like they're like house, they've yeah. mailed it in. That's what it sounds like. And yeah. again, as a Heat fan, I'm not going to assume that, but it did feel weird the way those two teams have taken losses. I, I'm expecting the Heat to win this uh, game tonight. Now, Milwaukee and Boston, a whole different story. Oof, that was Milwaukee crazy. surprising the Celtics last night. They're losing the whole uh, game. Coming back uh, <laughs> from behind, and they steal the ball game late, literally, uh, with, with these uh, plays by Drew Holiday. Uh, gets the block on Marcus Smart, keeps the ball uh, in the bounds or in play for a second, and when he's falling out of bounds, throws it off of Smart. That was amazing. And so uh, they get the possession there that they needed, and uh, then uh, turns right around. And swipes the ball from Smart as he's dribbling the ball up the court, still with a chance to tie the game. Milwaukee wins at 110-107. And uh, now goes back to Milwaukee with a possible uh, clinching opportunity. Yep. And yet uh, you get the feeling that that series is also far from over. Yeah. Well, especially since Boston led most of that game. <laughs> like, And you still don't have Chris Middleton. And look, Giannis hit a few threes late, and they were actually big threes, which is something he doesn't always 
too, so it's sort he, of... He had been awful from three-point range. Well, he hit one early in the game, but that's what he does. Like, they're down 15, so he hits a three. It's like, okay, Giannis, who gives a shit? But by at the end of the game, he was hitting him to tie the game, to take the lead. And they go by way of him, and Drew Holiday has been a defensive force since before he got there, let alone since joining the Bucks and helping them win a title. I, I still feel like the Celtics aren't going to tap out just yet because this series has been a freaking war. But the fact that the Bucks were able to do that on the Celtics court with the Celtics having the lead the entire game... If you're a Celtics fan, you're not you're feeling like I was as a Panther fan last night, the beginning of the second period. All right, so uh, I tune in uh, to the Golden State Memphis game. Yeah, what the hell was uh, Memphis that? Now uh, without John Morant, <laughs> what the hell was that? The rest of the postseason, and, and I did a double take because uh, was it not the case that the Golden State Warriors at one point in the game were down sixty points? Okay, see, I, I heard that they were down. 50. They were down over fifty. 50. I, I know I for sure, that. but did it get to sixty at one stage? I don't know. I, I thought it got down to fifty. That was like on the bottom line when I woke up. It was a thirty-point game when I went to bed. So I was like, okay, they're not winning. They lost this. by thirty-nine points. How is this possible? I don't get it. And they, now, without Moran in the lineup, Golden State could lose by 39 points to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and, and it matters not where this game was. Uh, no, who cares? It j- just seems impossible to conceive of. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that's what happened. So uh, the Grizzlies find themselves now in a 3-2 situation going back to uh, Golden State for uh, what would be uh, game number six and another possible clinching job by the Golden State Warriors, who looked awful in this game. I mean, just absolutely pathetic. Weird. Couldn't throw a beach ball into the ocean from the pier. I mean, uh, it was a ridiculous display. And Memphis was on fire, and they were making everything. So, you know, what you thought was going to be a very competitive series, at least that's the way it started out, uh, then looked like a blowout. And now all of a sudden you had a reverse blowout of uh, the likes of which, uh, I mean, had to be among the worst ever defeats in, in Warriors history, no? You would think. All the, way, all the way back to, like, Nate Thurman. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? I, you know, I mean, it has to be, uh, like, the worst loss they've suffered in, in, in years and years and years, these guys. So, uh, Clifford Ray, I don't think, no, I was, was on a say, Golden like State before, team. Before uh, yeah. Rick. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, before Barry was there. Like, I don't. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I turn on that game. Like, All right, this would be this would be a good game. You know, the Panthers had one. I had new life. I was rejuvenated. I'm like, I'll watch, I'll watch a quarter before I pass out. And then I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, oh, did the Warriors forget that I, I, the game I could time swear was? I thought they were up 60 at one point. Like, 110 to, uh, you know. 120 to 60 or something it was like, like that? 70 something at a 40 in the second and i was like what is going on i'm like what the fuck did i miss anyway you know so that's kind of wild and then uh phoenix and dallas uh, phoenix a slight favorite tonight yeah. over the dallas mavericks on the road uh, where they had lost the uh, two previous games uh, they certainly looked like the superior team in this blowout uh in arizona that took place uh two nights ago but uh, is that another uh, one of those Jekyll and Hyde series where, uh, you know, Dallas finds a way to win this game and force a game seven? Be interesting to see. I I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I'm just looking at the momentum that was gathered by the Heat yeah. and the Phoenix Suns, the two teams in action tonight, yeah. and thinking that they close it out. Uh, both teams close it out on the road. And, uh, you know, one's in the east, of course, one's in the west. But uh, then, you know, you, you find yourself with a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals if you're the Miami Heat. Yep. Uh, awaiting the winner of Milwaukee and Boston, which uh, could very easily go seven games of a bloodbath. Yep. And uh, the Golden State-Memphis winner, um, you know, I mean, uh, after watching that, uh, obviously uh, Golden State has some vulnerabilities <laughs> that uh, we weren't necessarily taking a look at. 
when we were anointing them as the team to beat now to win the championship with uh, Phoenix's various struggles in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. Uh, all right, a lot of fun being with you. A lot yeah, on the sir. table there yeah, uh, from the sporting on. world. It's been <laughs> absolutely fantastic and uh, still uh, with a big spark of interest uh, here in our area of the country, South Florida, where yes, sir. we're hoping that uh, history does not repeat itself with this uh, Florida Panther team and they end up losing the next two. Come on. Uh, great being with you on After Hours here on Believe. Mike Luby Lubitz, yes, Jeff DeForest, and uh, whatever the results are for your uh, team, uh, let's hope that you're uh, prospering from your wagers and uh, realize no matter what that you've got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled caring people there is truly only one place and that one place is catholic health services play the ponies in style at champions the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful hylia park yes the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the brass rail bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility if poker is your game you're covered in style and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.